You're listening to Rosemary Goes to the Mall, the saga of one woman's lonely journey around the Mall of America. Well, it's been a little while since I've been to the mall. Garrett was sick all last week, and so I was home with him. As I'm driving up to the mall, I have to say that I'm feeling very rusty. There's a certain mode I've gotten into in terms of momentum. And, you know, this is a fairly painful thing for me to do. And so I've gotten into a place where I can have a fun day with it, you know, say have a theme day. And I'm, I'm a little dry today for ideas. I haven't really been thinking about the mall because I haven't been here in a week and a half. And, and um, that feels weird to me. And I, and I don't really want to be here, but I know that I, I am halfway through. And so it should be potentially all downhill from here. I just need to kind of coast through the rest of the mall and I'll be done, which is fantastic. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be a lot of work because there will be, but I feel, I feel like I can do it. My returns, I have to refresh myself with what the stores I have to go back to are. And um, one which I don't have to go back to is the walking store because I showed Keith those keen sandals. And I wasn't sure whether to show them to him or not because, you know, I'm trying to actually return these things. But then it seemed kind of unfair to not let him see them because I knew he was going to really want them. And so I decided to go ahead and show them to him and, um, he tried them on. I gave him the choice. I said, do you want to see them? Do you want to try them on? And he wasn't sure he was very conflicted because, you know, he's having a lot of trouble with this whole project, you know, Um, But at the same time, he kind of wanted them. So I brought them out, and he tried them on, and he loved them. And he decided to keep them. And I have to say that this is a little bit of a relief to me. As much as I stress about the money, it's kind of good because it makes me feel less uh, guilty to have him also participating in the consumption part of this. I've felt a little bit like... um, I've taken advantage of the situation in a few instances, and now I feel like it's a little bit more even, Stephen. So that's good. On the other hand, he has a pair of sandals that he really loves, and that's also good. So good. We'll just we'll start clean with a clean slate. No guilt. No guilt, Rosemary. No guilt. It's funny though, because he came back from a walk with those sandals on and he was, you know, going on and on about how much he loved them and how they were like melding to the shape of his foot and getting so much more comfortable. And I believe that because I have a pair of Keens and they're, they're really great. But I said, um, gosh, you're making me kind of jealous. I kind of want a pair too. And, and he, um, looked at me slightly you know, panic stricken, like I was going to go off and buy myself a pair. And he said, where does it end? And I think that that is a very good question. And that actually gets right to the heart of what the whole problem with a place like the Mall of America is and shopping is because, you know, so you get a little bit more and then you want a little bit more. And, 
and where does it end? Do you need that extra pair of keen sandals because you have flip-flops and you have, you know, a nicer pair of sandals, um, but then you only have sneakers for really mucking around? Or can you handle it to wear the sneakers for the summer when you're really mucking around? Because how much are you really mucking around? Like probably not that much. So having the pair of sandals would be nice for sure, but do you need them? And that's a question. Where does it end? Where do you stop your, where do you stop your coveting? Where do you stop? Like, where do your needs stop and your just desires begin? Because I mean, if you lived in Guatemala or something, you would not spend your spare time going to the mall you would spend your spare time like, I don't know, hanging out with people and having a good time or, or whatever. You certainly wouldn't be like worrying about whether you had the coolest new, you know, shirts and sandals and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what we need is kind of a funny thing or what we think we need. I mean, we think we need so much stuff in this country. It's amazing. And I mean, I feel that way too. I want things all the time, but then you just become the, your life becomes like this thing where you're just working all the time to buy this stuff. And it's just this unending cycle I was thinking about everything that we do need, you know, still to buy me and Keith. And, you know, the list is really long. There's stuff like, um, we still need some side tables in the living room. Um, we need some lights cause we don't have any lights or lamps and we haven't for almost a year in our house cause we just spent all this money and then we've been cheaping it out for a while. Um, we need pillows for our couch. We need, you know, ultimately down the road, we need new carpeting upstairs cause it's just old and ugly. Um, we need mats, sleeping mats for camping cause I just cannot sleep on the ground. We need some more replacement rockets for Evan's, um, little, um, rocket shooter thing. Evan needs some more shorts. Garrett needs more underpants. They both need more socks. Um, I need to buy a plane ticket to go to New York in July. I need to buy Keith a birthday present. I need to pay for my portion of mom's um, birthday present. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And that's, I mean, those are also still things that we decide that we need, but like, but we need all those things. And then I feel like I need a pair of keen sandals too. I mean, it seems like a lot. It is a lot. It's kind of funny when I return that blouse to Sigrid Olson, I have this funny conversation with the woman at the counter and she doesn't care that I'm returning the thing, but she starts talking about how tomorrow is six, six, six. I'm thinking, what is she talking about? But I guess tomorrow is June 6th, 2006. And um, she's really freaked out about it. She's like, I'm working tomorrow. I'm closing. I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? And um, I think it's kind of funny that this is the first, first time I've heard anything about this. Maybe I don't talk to other people enough. You know, I'm 
I, I do get a little isolated. I just hang around the house. I don't read newspapers, you know, for weeks on end. But, uh, but this is a really big deal for her and she's totally freaking out. And so I wish her luck and I tell her that I'll, I'll be thinking about her tomorrow. I'm also really sad about these lucky brand jeans as I return them. They just fit so well. And I know that jean fit is kind of an elusive thing because you lose weight, you gain weight, whatever. But boy, these are really awesome jeans. And and I wish that we had enough money for me to keep them because I would love to own a pair. And maybe someday if I make a ton of money, I will own another pair of Lucky Brand jeans. I also notice that Coldwater Creek, which last time I was here, I uh, had a sign up that they were coming soon, that now they have a sign up that they're opening tomorrow. So I think this is really exciting and I'll have to come back to this wing of the store to buy um, something from Coldwater Creek. However, I think it's kind of funny because don't they know that tomorrow is 666? It seems like a very unlucky day to open up your store. I also think it's curious that they're opening on a Tuesday. It seems kind of weird to me, but you know, maybe I'm just being judgmental. So they're opening on a Tuesday and, and, uh, next time I'm, I'm here, I'll definitely come back and stop into Coldwater Creek. Now I, um, I start my shopping at the Diamonique boutique, which is actually in the, uh, courtyard outside of Bloomingdale's. I have been unsure of whether to shop at these little boutique places that are in the courtyards because I'm not doing the kiosks in the mall. I'm, I, they're a little cheap and they're a little, you know, whatever, and they don't have nice bags. And, and um, it's going to take me so long that I'm just sticking to the retail stores. But I decide as I'm looking at Diamonique that it is indeed a retail store and that I should include it in my shopping. So, um, I go over and Diamonique is a store where they sell authentic Diamonique simulated gemstone jewelry, how you can be authentic and simulated at the same time. But, uh, here it is and it's filled with really ugly fake diamond jewelry. It all looks like it came out of a costume jewelry box, and uh, I'm not really sure what to do. Uh, and I don't really have a plan today. I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit at loose ends. So I just start wandering past the counters, hoping to come up with something before someone comes over and decides they need to help me. And I do see this locket which reminds me a little bit of the pendant that I bought at the Minnesota designed jewelry store, but it's kind of sparkly and ugly in that fake jewelry kind of way. And I think it's supposed to be beset with diamonds, um, all over it. No, I guess the word is encrusted with diamonds, but it just looks cheap really. And it's got this big, ugly chain around it. And so as I pass by that and think, well, that at least caught my eye, 
a saleswoman comes over and asks me if she can help me. So wanting to get out of here as quickly as possible, I say, well, that, that locket really caught my eye and she pulls it out and I put it on and it's big and ugly and cheesy. But I do see that the return policy is liberal, the liberal, you know, 30 days uh, refund return policy. And I decide to get it just really just to get out of there. It costs eighty nine fifty, which seems pretty pricey to me for fake diamond jewelry. But I figure, well, I'll be returning it. And so um, no sweat on the $90. And as the saleswoman is putting it in the box, she shows me the box and she thinks this box is really cool. And she's saying, you got the nice pendant, so I'll give you the nice box. And it's got this kind of silly looking blue bag that has a drawstring around it and it opens up to be just a uh, a circle of satin fabric that this piece of jewelry can lay on and then you pull the cord and it closes up into a bag and then you put this bag into this little blue felty jewelry box which is nothing special as far as I can tell but she really really digs it but maybe for a fake diamond jewelry store, this is a really nice box. But then I'm thinking about that box that I got with that watch I bought Keith that was so cool with the box that was almost nicer than the watch, although the watch was really nice too. We we finished up the purchase and, and um, I skedaddle out of there because really this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff just is cheap and ugly and I don't really want anything to do with it. So as not to blow my cover and have her see that I'm shopping at every store, I dip into Clark's next rather than going to the next outdoor boutique, which is the T-Mobile store. I go into Clark's shoes and uh, figure I'll just sort of disappear for a little while. Clark's is having a huge sale and I see a bunch of shoes that I like pretty well. And again, I don't really have a focus today. And I'm not sure whether I should be trying on shoes I like or shoes that, you know, would make me feel like a different person. But I just go for shoes that I like, but maybe that seem frivolous. Like I'd love to have them, but I wouldn't spend the money on them because I don't, quote, need them. And I wait in the store for someone to help me. And I'm holding about four different shoes that I want to get in size 10. And there's one person who's helping like three or four people. And then there's one woman who is clearly new and is looking lost and confused and, um, and is trying to help just one person. And I'm getting pretty annoyed because I'm waiting for a really long time. And I know that they're in a bit of a rush here, but how long does one really have to wait for shoes? This seems a little excessive. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually waited this long in a shoe store in my life. Finally, once they finish at the register, you know, so they've gone through the, the trying on the shoes, everything. They take the, their current customers to the register. Finally, someone comes over to help me and I'm fairly annoyed. And if I didn't feel that I had to shop in every store, I would just walk out right now. 
because, um, you know, I should not have to wait this long to be helped. But I'm feeling a little bit of pity for the new girl. And she comes over and I just hand her the shoes and say size 10 and she goes in the back. Now, when I try the shoes on, some of them are kind of dumpy. Some of them are kind of dumb looking. But then there's this one pair which I really like. And the one thing is that the shoe on my right foot is a little tight and I don't know if I could get used to it, but they're kind of like they're, they're open down to just above the toes. And then they've got this thick rubber sole. So they'd be pretty good for walking, but they're also a little bit dressy in this kind of cool sneakery kind of way. And I really dig them. My, my, my right foot is too tight in them, but I know that if I got a size bigger, my left foot would probably be loose and they would probably slip off my foot. And I guess I decide that in an ideal world, I would like to own these shoes. And so I'm going to buy them as a kind of, gee, wouldn't this be nice if I could say I needed a pair of shoes like this and just go and, and buy them. I think that would be really great. And it's not true in the present, but this is the kind of pair of shoes I would love to be able to buy and not feel guilty about owning because I, cause I, cause I think they're really cute. I go back out to the T-Mobile store and the guy is helping, this one guy, he's helping this older couple. They clearly are interested in buying like a phone and a whole plan and everything. And so he's really focusing on them. And I'm waiting in line because I figure I will just buy a travel charger or something and then return it. Um, he's taking a really long time with these people though. And as I'm standing there, this woman comes up, she walks right past me and she goes over and she stands by the sales guy and starts harassing him to help her. And he says, well, hold on, I'm going to finish with these customers first. And then he turns around and he sees me and he says, and she's been here for a little while too. And the woman gets really huffy, but she stands there and all she wants to do is pay a bill. So she's really huffy, but I'm kind of glad that he caught the fact that she was trying to cut in line because that pisses me off. When he finally comes over, I actually ask him about which phones, which phones work internationally, because I am thinking about the fact that I'm going to have to go to London next year sometime. And, um, wouldn't it be nice if my cell phone worked? Cause when all the British people were in town for this recent show, they all had phones that worked internationally. And I bet that's probably because you know, they'll go to other countries in Europe. And it's not like here where you have this big ass country and most of your travel happens within the country. So you don't need an international plan. I got the feeling that these guys, you know, just had these international phones because it was so much more convenient being in Europe. But it made me think about the fact that I'm going to want to be able to call the kids when I'm in England, and it'd be really nice to have an international phone. I'm not going to buy one today, um, but it sh I sure would like to get one. So I ask him about that, and he shows me a couple of ones that he thinks are good, including the Motorola Razor, which actually is kind of funny because 
I had some friends in New York who bought these when they came out because they were so cool. And they were kind of unhappy with them. But I guess you can get it for only $70 if you're renewing your plan or whatever. So that's a possibility. And maybe it works better, you know, than it used to. But I, a lot of people were complaining a lot about that. In any case, I buy a travel charger from him. And then when I get it, I realized that what I really wanted was a car charger and um, anyway, that's okay because it'll be a good reason to return it later. Now, I thought that I was in for this glorious, triumphant march down the east side of the mall because, you know, having just accomplished shopping at half the stores here, I just thought, I own this place. Uh, but I'm having trouble getting out of this courtyard. And in fact, there's three more stores right on the cusp of Bloomingdale's that I need to shop at before I can start moving down the hallway. So I go down to the first one and it is called Glitz. And I don't know what Glitz is until I walk in and I see that it is a prom dress store. And it is filled with the ugliest faux fancy dresses I really have ever seen. And I didn't realize that people really did wear these kinds of dresses. I thought it just happened in movies, but apparently they do because they sell them here. I realize that this store calls for the purchase of accessories because I am not Unlike a Jessica McClintock, I am not going to try on a prom dress and buy one. Uh, I'm also unclear what their return policy is going to be because stores like this, you never know. So I go over and I start looking at the little clutch bags, the fancy clutch bags. And I pick out a nice black beaded one and then I sort of wander back past the counter to try to check out what the return policy really is. And I immediately see a sign which says, no refunds, all sales final. So clearly I need to even put the clutch bag back because it costs $30. I'm not going to spend $30 on some cheap ass clutch bag that looks like somebody might take it to a high school prom. Uh, and so I'm searching for something in the store which would be cheap, and I'm not seeing really anything under $20 uh, until I make it to the section where they have the uh, fashion glues and tapes, and they have got fashion glue where you can glue your dress to you so it doesn't slip down. And um, this reminds me of when I lived in Japan and I taught in a girl's high school and all the girls had these big shaggy socks that they used to wear, but they didn't want to pull them all the way up to their knees because that would look dorky. So what they did is they had glue and they used to glue them to their calves so that they had this nice rippled, you know, pushed down look, but they didn't also didn't just totally gather around their ankles because that would also look dorky. So I always thought that this was the most amazing thing, slightly less amazing than the height to which they would roll up their, uh, the skirts on their school uniforms after they got off campus. But still, that was the first time that I knew that there were such things as glue to keep your clothes on. 
but here they have it right here. And um, that actually is still pretty pricey. It's about $20. So I settle on the Hollywood fashion tape. And this tape also holds your clothing in place. But this stuff is actually tape instead of glue. So I guess it's probably probably not as nice as the glue. It says the stars secret apparel and body tape. And I bet that it's true. I bet those Hollywood starlets glue their dresses that hang, you know, so that their breasts could come flying out at any moment. I bet that they glue and tape those to their breasts so that they don't come flying out at any moment. I have no idea when I would ever have the opportunity to use this stuff, but it was a good excuse to, um, to buy something from the store. Now, right next to Glitz is Johnston and Murphy, which is not very well placed because it's a very sort of classy, uh, men's shoe and clothing store, mainly shoes. It seems like the kind of shoes, you know, really beautiful leather lace up shoes. And, uh, um, you know, I don't have much interest in this store, but my eye does fall on these button-down shirts they have that are really kind of beautiful. It's a little preppy in the direction of Brooks Brothers, but not quite so stuffy as Brooks Brothers. Um, and there's a really nice peach-colored button-down shirt with white and blue tr- um, pinstripes in it. And I think that Keith would actually look really nice in this. It costs $88. So unlike the Keen sandals, I'm actually not going to show this to Keith because he's not going to keep it because it's too expensive. And I think that he would concur with me on that, that he should not be put into the path of temptation here. The guy who works there is really, really nice. And it reminds me that I have been a little bit lazy about making sure that I talk to people and have meaningful conversations with them. And I need to do more of that because this guy is really nice. It turns out he moved to Minnesota two years ago and with his girlfriend from California. And he's probably the first actually good looking guy that I've encountered in the mall. There are a lot of women who work here and some are even attractive, but not very many attractive men work at the mall of America. This guy is really cute and, um, just kind of, you know, classy looking, but, but just, you know, real sweet demeanor and very chatty. And, and, uh, it's kind of fun to sit there and and talk to him for a few minutes. Anyway, he tells me all about his girlfriend and, and, um, and, uh, I tell him about my husband and, uh, it's kind of sweet actually. And it turns out he used to work at K jewelers and he hated it. And he was a manager there. And, um, he said it was really cutthroat cause there's way too many jewelry stores in the mall, which I have to agree with. I really can't stand shopping at these jewelry stores cause it's super high pressure and the salespeople are just on you like, wild dogs as soon as you go into the store. You know, Diamonique maybe wasn't so bad, but the the real jewelry stores are really intense, hard sell. In any case, it's a very pleasant shopping experience. And it's kind of funny because he doesn't know how to fold things. So he folds this shirt really badly. He asks me if I want 
them to send a packaged shirt out from the um, manufacturer because he's he admits that he's really really bad at folding stuff. <laughs> I tell him no, that that's not necessary. I think it's kind of cute that he works at this store and he doesn't know how to fold things. Now it's even more ironic that Johnston and Murphy is where it is because it's sandwiched in between glitz and ultra diamonds, um, which is a jewelry store. And I go into ultra diamonds and I have some dread about this because I am really sick of having to buy jewelry. I really don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick. I, you know, today, I guess I'm kind of sick of pretending I'm sick of the thought that I'm going to return things. I just don't feel like it. You know, I'm kind of tired of the whole ruse. <sighs> but, um, anyway, I go in and there's this older woman who works in there and I say, I'm looking for a present for someone, but I want to make sure what your return policy is. And it turns out that there's no refunds and only 10 days to exchange things. So this does not bode well for Ultra Diamonds and me, uh, but I've started this relationship now with this woman who's sort of following me around, and I figure I'd better act like I'm really looking at stuff and then make the decision not to buy something at the end and and keep my eye out for something super cheap. At one point, I get by the pearls and I actually ask a question about what's in the cases because they have these dark colored pearls and I'm fairly ignorant about these things. So I said, is that a pearl? And she gets out this ring and she says, yes, it's a black pearl. And I don't, I'm not interested in it. It's got, you know, it's got expensive written all over it. However, um, she starts, she gets out the calculator and does something with the calculator and uh, it turns out that this ring is over $1,000 with this black pearl on it. So clearly not the item for me today. I, work, I look around a little bit more and then I just say, gosh, you know, I just am not seeing the right thing. But do you by any chance have those polishing cloths for jewelry? Because I figure... I could buy one of those silver polishing cloths and I already have one, but you know, whatever, it wouldn't be bad to have two. And that will get me out of here at under $10, I'm sure. And, um, she looks very disappointed and I feel a little bit bad. Like I've sort of crushed her hopes. It's really dead in here. They don't have many customers and just feel like, uh, I just feel like she's, you know, I've kind of let her down a little bit. She pulls out polishing cloths and finds out the price and it turns out they're a dollar 99 and um, this is really good for me but it's not so good for her and so I feel kind of bad for her but I did get out of there I got my bag but I also gosh I didn't have to buy anything while I'm handing over my money the guy who works there says you should sign up for the thousand dollar prize and I said, what? And it turns out there's a drawing. So I, if I put my name and information down on this piece of paper, they're going to draw 
somebody's name out and um, somebody will get a thousand dollar gift certificate to ultra diamonds. So I figure what the hell, you know, and I, I, uh, I put my name and number down, but I don't put my email cause I, I just get so much spam. I just don't want any more spam, but I figure what the hell, not too many people are shopping in here. Um, maybe I'll get lucky. And, uh, that drawing happens in a few weeks. So we'll see what happens there. Now I am finished with the courtyard. And so it's time for me to start my triumphant march down the hallway, down the east side. And I'm usually do, I usually do one side and then the other, but I just kind of feel like hitting stores, you know, left, right, left, right today. So first thing I do is I go into Basin and I've walked past Basin a bunch of times and it's kind of intrigued me. Um, they sell these balls of something that look like bath salts and they're kind of cute. They're all different colors and different smells and everything. And they sell them sort of in this bulk way where you, you know, you pick out individual ones and they go up and they wrap them up. They also have gift bags, but this place gives off the vibe of no returns, mainly because you can kind of touch everything. So I wouldn't want a bath salt that someone took home with them and then returned. So I'm thinking that I'm going to be stuck with them, but I'm kind of pleased with that because I dig baths and I dig bath salts. So I figure, you know, I could have some fun with this. Um, and since I'm guessing it's no returns and I, um, pick out a few different bath bombs actually is what they're called. You're supposed to just drop the bath bomb in the bath water and soak and enjoy. So I pick out a few. There's a bunch that seem kind of silly to me. Like I don't really want my bath to smell like fruit necessarily, but uh, I get one, which is the therapy one. And it says something about like Mediterranean salts or something like that. And I figured that's got to be really good for you. They don't have any good seaweed ones, which is what I would really dig, but they have a eucalyptus one. So I pick out one of those and then I get a lavender one. And I have to say, I'm not so into the flowery smells, but lavender is really helpful to help you get to sleep at night. And I am a bit of an insomniac. So I figure trying one of those wouldn't be bad either. These all cost $3 a piece. And, um, that doesn't seem like that much money to try three of these and they're super cute. And I'm just kind of excited about them in this funny way, just this little indulgence and treat, you know, that doesn't cost that much money. I'm particularly excited about the, uh, the therapy one. Um, although I think the eucalyptus one is going to be cool too. So, um, we'll see how those go. I'm going to bring them home and maybe I'll even try one tonight. I meander across the hall to Charlotte Roos uh, after Basin. And Charlotte Roos, I'm not sure what to make of it until I get inside. And I, I realize that it is a trashy young woman's or teenager's store. Everything is, you know, in the 10 to $15 range, which is fine. But everything's also this sort of like um, sex on a stick kind of clothing. It's just like, I don't know. It's just not me at all. 
I don't mind sexy, but I just don't fit into any of this kind of stuff. And I mean, my, my fat parts hang out and jiggle and look even fatter. And, you know, so, you know, you got to know how to dress yourself. And this is not how I dress myself. Let's just put it that way. I gravitate towards the sale t-shirt shelves and I pick out some tank tops and I pick out some t-shirts in large sizes. It's pretty hard to find large sizes. They seem to have a lot of small and mediums. Uh, but I find a few things and I take them back into the dressing room and I, um, I try on the tank tops first. And if these are larges, then I don't know, I'm the president of the United States because they are so tight on me. It's unbelievable. And I start to realize why there are no larges out there on the racks. It's because all the skinny people need things that aren't smalls and mediums because they're too small for them. So then a big person comes in and the larges are even too small for them. And, you know, they don't make extra large. I guess they don't believe that anyone could be larger than you know, toothpick thin in this store. I do find two t-shirts, which although tight are acceptable. And if I lost a few pounds, the black one would look okay and even kind of cute for a slightly dressed up look. Um, so I grab those and they're two for $12. So I bring those over to the counter, but as she is ringing me up, she points out to me that one of them is two for 12 and the other one is two for 20. In fact, the cute black one is two for 20. So she'd have to charge me, um, full price for both of them. So it would be $25 for both of them. So I throw in the towel there. I don't want both of them for $25. So I just get the brown one, which fit a little bit better and did not rely on me needing to lose five or 10 pounds immediately. That might happen down the road, but I don't think it's going to happen today. So, uh, so I get the brown one and, and that's that it's not the sexiest purchase I've ever made, but it'll do. Uh, and, and I'll be done with this store. Now, oh, I weave across again to Regis salons, which sells a lot of product, you know, hair product, um, shampoo and everything. I just bought my Paul Mitchell shampoos for a really good price at trade secret last visit. And so I don't really don't need any more super skinny shampoo, but, uh, I take a look and they have the super skinny serum. I've never really understood what that is. So I ask the, uh, salesperson, the sales girl, what, you would do with this stuff because at my salon, they were trying to sell me on it and I didn't buy it because I didn't really understand what it was. And she said, it's, um, you put it in your hair to keep flyaway hair under control. And I just got my hair cut last week. So I don't really need that because it's like a crew cut at the moment. So I feel kind of resentful towards my salon because they were trying to sell me something that I absolutely do not need a person with a crew cut doesn't have flyaway hair. It just, it's not so it's, it's not important. You don't need it. 
So I'm at a loss. I'm not sure what to do, um, how to get a bag from this place. And I'm sort of wandering out and I notice that they have, uh, the American crew line of product there as well. And I actually use the crew fiber, uh, molding cream for my hair. It keeps it from getting all bushy and weird looking. Uh, so I'm starting to look at the American crew product and this couple walks in and they're a real kind of sad sack looking couple. And the guy is wearing a baseball cap and the woman, I can't really see very well. And I have my back turned. So, you know, I'm really just listening to them. And the guy says, you know, I'm here to inquire how much it would get it would be to cut my hair. And then he launches into this whole thing without even letting them tell him how much a haircut is. He launches into this whole thing where he apparently takes off his baseball cap and says, you see, I've only got half my skull. Half my skull is gone. So there ain't that much hair to cut, but you have to be real careful in the woman's and the woman says, you have to be real careful. You got to do it real even, or it looks real funny. And he goes on about, um, you, so I don't know. There's not that much hair to cut and I'm, lo- I'm missing half my skull. So it can't cost too much money. And I'm just here to inquire about how much it would cost to get my hair cut. And the two girls behind the counter are stunned into silence. They don't know what to say because this guy keeps talking about how he's missing half his skull. And at this point I turn around and indeed he has the lumpiest, weirdest looking skull I've ever seen. And he's bald. He's got one of those old monk haircuts where he's totally bald down to just a fringe around the sides, you know, around his ears and and around the back. And he doesn't have that much hair to cut. That's for sure. And he is missing half his skull. But what the skull has to do with the haircut, I'm not sure, because there's no hair to cover up the skull. It's just a really funny-looking head with not much hair around the sides. But he keeps talking about it. And finally, one of the girls says, you know, I'm not quite sure what you're asking us. And he says... I'm looking to find out how much it would be to cut my hair. There's not much hair, uh, and I'm missing half my skull. And she says, well, there wouldn't be any special price. It would just be the cost of a haircut. And he said, well, okay, well, I'm just looking around. I'm just asking around to find out how much it would be because, you know, I'm on... I'm on uh, federal assistance and I don't have much money and um, I can't spend that much money on my haircut. And she says, well, I understand, but we couldn't give you a discount. And he says, okay, well, just how much would a haircut be then? And she says, okay, hold on. And she looks it up and she says, it would be $23. And he says, yeah, you know, they're all around $25. I can't afford that much. I can't afford that much. And I'm sitting there wondering, what the hell is he doing going around the Mall of America to salons to ask them how much it would be to cut his hair? Why doesn't he just go to a barber where it would cost 10 or $15, get it over with? They're just going to trim his trim anyway, because that's all he has is trim. His head's going to look funny whether a salon cuts it or a barber cuts it. And if he's on federal assistance... 
then what the hell is he doing asking salons to cut his hair? It was just the weirdest thing. In any case, uh, he, uh, he and his um, female friend at the sound of $23 turn on their heels and, and exit fairly rapidly. And um, the, the two women behind the counter look greatly relieved not to have to deal with this guy anymore because he was kind of weird. In any case, I buy the American Crew Fiber Molding Cream and um, figure I, I'm about halfway through my, my current one, so I'll need some coming up. I'm feeling really tired at this point. I know that I have to keep going, but I just don't have the zip that I need to get through this. And I've got a lot of stores left on this haul. But the next one is Old Navy. And that should be pretty easy because Evan desperately needs some shorts and Garrett could use a pair or two more. And, you know, Old Navy is always really good for cheap kids' clothes. So I go in and I go upstairs and I'm thankful to pass by the women's clothes because I'm after Charlotte Russe. I just can't quite handle the pressure of trying on women's clothes. And I find the boys' shorts section, and um, I pick out a bunch of shorts in size four or five, which is probably perfect for him because, uh, you know, he's so skinny he can barely keep pants up. And I pick out a bunch, and there's a bunch that are two for $15, uh, and they're just the nice jersey sweatpant type of shorts. And both the kids really prefer those anyway because they're so much more comfortable. So I get Evan like four pairs of those. And I always overdo at Old Navy because it's so cheap. I probably don't need four pairs. And I pick out a few more t-shirts because he's just kind of low on clothes in general. And there's some kind of cute t-shirts for Evan. And I get kind of sucked in to all this stuff, even when I get over into the Garrett section. Because Garrett has a million clothes because Nana Zita bought him some clothes. And then I have all these ones that Evan had when he was Garrett's age. So he's got about a zillion t-shirts. I do force myself to put back the t-shirts in Garrett's size that I pick out because even though they're cute, he really doesn't need them. And I don't need to spend, you know, more money on stuff that he really doesn't need. Um, I also pick out some swimsuits, and I'm unsure what to do here. I get two for each of them, and I'm not sure they need two, so I may bring one back each. But they definitely need some new bathing suits because they're wearing last year's bathing suits, and they're a little small. And then I also get some more short sleeve and short pant jammies because we just really don't have enough of those around for either one of them. In the end, it comes out to $118 and I wasn't really intending to spend that much money. So I may have to reassess when I get home and um, maybe bring some of this stuff back. Really look in Evan's drawers and see whether he can get away with say two fewer pairs of shorts and maybe bring back one of those swimsuits each and look at Garrett's short supply and see if he really needs all those shorts either. In the spirit of zigzagging, I cross over again 
and I go into Field of Dreams, the ultimate sports and celebrity gift store. This place is filled with like sports memorabilia and big signed pictures of famous sports guys with like tickets to big games that they were in and stuff like that. All of it costs like a hundred dollars and up. And I figure I'll buy one that's like somebody that Keith likes. And if I can find someone that Keith likes in one that's based in Minnesota and then I'll, I'll return it. But I pass by the counter and, uh, there are no returns. All sales are final. So this is kind of a problem. I do find a, a drink cooler. There's a bunch of them, but there's one with the New York jets and there's one with the New York Mets. Either one of these would probably be acceptable to Keith in terms of sports team. However, he doesn't want to drink cooler and I think it's a big waste of money. And it really what it's for is for your beer can out on the, um, either at the game or, you know, or down in your basement watching your football games while your wife cooks you, you know, dinner upstairs. This seems kind of dumb to me. And, uh, I think that Keith can definitely live without a drink cooler and they cost $20. So I'm looking for something a little cheaper. In the back, I find these baseball cards from 1988, and they're three packs for $2. And I thought, actually, that this might be kind of fun for Keith to get some of these. So I pick out three of the Major League Baseball sets of cards, and I think they're all going to be different. So that'll be fun. I mean, he'll know who all those guys are. And, and um, you know, he was in college in 88, so, you know, that that should work out pretty well. As I'm heading up to buy the baseball cards, I pass by this display counter, which has this rotating display of $1 bills where George Washington has been taken out and the pictures of major sports figures have been put in. And I'm kind of intrigued by this. They're kind of funny and they've got, you know, um, lots of people that I recognize amazingly enough as I'm not really a sports person. I just, um, soak it up through osmosis and being around it. Um, I do notice a picture of Wayne Gretzky I think, okay, well, we're on the right track here if we've got Wayne Gretzky, because, you know, I could get one of these for Keith and he's, I mean, he thinks Wayne Gretzky was a god, but he wasn't necessarily his favorite player. But he was a huge Oilers fan, and so that at least, you know, is getting somewhere. And then I noticed below that there's one with Marc Messier in there, and Messier was like his hero. So it, they cost seven ninety nine, and this seems like a little bit of a ripoff for something so dumb and so obvious. And at the same time, I think it's kind of cute, and I kind of think that, Keith will think it's kind of funny and maybe he'll want to put it up on his wall in his office. You know how in, like, I remember how in New York, a lot of these little restaurants would have $1 bills uh, pinned up on the wall for good luck that people would give them, you know, when they were starting their businesses. And um, I feel like maybe this could be a little good luck symbol for Keith too with his like, you know, total God, Mark Messier, the, the, 
the killer hockey player uh, smiling out at him. And it says underneath it, Captain Marvelous. And so I think that's just totally classic. Um, I wonder if you could actually pass this off and someone wouldn't notice that it wasn't really a dollar bill, but it costs so much more than a dollar. It's not really worth the experiment, uh, but it's kind of funny nonetheless. I end up getting the baseball cards too because... I don't know. I just kind of think Keith will dig them. So, you know, it's $10 that I just spent that, you know, I can't get back. I can't return, but I don't know. I think I did okay here. Now I am really running out of steam, but I do go next door to Minnesota, which is like Minnesota and then dash a H with a big explanation point. So, you know, it's like a typical, really cheesy, bad Minnesota gift store servicing the people from out of town who think it's really cute that they're at the mall of America and in Minnesota and want to get like a big plastic moose for somebody to, you know, I don't know, hang on their wall or something. And I'm really at a loss in here. I'm kind of burnt out. Um, I'm sick of buying stupid stuff. And I'm also sick of the idea of having to return stuff. I just don't feel like it. You know, I think I'm just feeling tired and crabby. So I look around. I look at the Minnesota shot glasses. They just seem dumb. I don't want them. I don't want them. I don't want to buy them and return them. Um, There's all kinds of dumbass stuff in here. And I don't want to buy something just frivolous for no reason. And I don't know why I should just buy something and get out of here. Cause it's just driving me nuts to even be in here. I don't want to buy food. I don't want to buy moose poop candy. Uh, oh, there's just so much crap. And I'm about to buy this fish thermometer that, you know, you put, um, is it called a thermometer when you put it outside? I I can't remember. Anyway, it's the kind of thing you hang outside and it tells you how really fucking cold it is, you know, on some, you know, below zero morning in January. Uh, And it's in the shape of a fish. So it's perfect. It's nice and quaint and whatever. Maybe you're supposed to put it at your cabin. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm about to buy that. And then I notice this shot shell toilet seat. And I'm kind of intrigued. You know, the fish thermometer is only 12 bucks, but this shot shell toilet seat is classic Hunter, Minnesota weirdness. And I go over and it turns out it's $79.99, which is outrageous, outrageous to buy an $80 toilet seat. But this thing is so goddamn funny to me. And not only that, it's it's clear because the shot shells are, are um, encased in this, you know, plastic cover, this clear plastic cover. You can see through it. So you can, you know, the idea of having a cover is that you don't see the toilet. But you can totally see through the toilet because it's clear. Um, and then it, there's all these shot shell cases in it. So it's a, it's, it's sort of funny cause it takes this quaint Minnesota bullshit, um, uh, thing that they've got going on here and it totally subverts it into this, you know, hunting, shooting and shitting kind of moment for me. And I think that that's just brilliant. So I, 
verify the return policy and then I decide that I'm going to buy it. $79.99, whatever, man, I'm doing it. And I'm buying it. I'm, I'm, the woman is checking me out and this older woman walks up to the counter and she's, she says, Oh my gosh, look at this. And she's thinks it's cute is the word she says. She calls her daughter or niece or whatever over and says, look at this. Isn't this so cute? It's a shot shell toilet seat. And cute is not the word actually that came to my mind when I picked it out. And then she says, how much is that? And the woman, I get really embarrassed because the woman says, um, it's kind of expensive. It's seventy nine ninety nine. And the old woman says, oh, you couldn't get me to buy that for that much money. And I'm feeling a little self-conscious because I'm sitting there buying it for $80, which I think is also outlandish. But she, you know, she clearly admires the thing at the same time, which I think is just the funniest thing in the world. And so I get my shot shell toilet seat and the thing is really heavy and it barely fits into the bag. And I get out into the hallway outside. The thing is really heavy and it barely fits into the bag. So I get out into the hallway outside of Minnesota and I realize that I'm done. I'm done for the day. I have shopped really against my will all afternoon. And I'm I'm tired. And I need to go and regroup and find my sense of purpose for this project again. I think the shot shell toilet seat was kind of rejuvenating to me because it got me out of the drone of what shopping is in this place, which is just like endless crap. And this is crap, but at least it's hilarious crap. It's crap with a sense of humor, which has really been missing from my day. Other than flirting with the cute guy at Johnston and Murphy, you know, it's really been kind of a dud of a day here, pretty dull. And I, I've gotten stuck with some stuff that, you know, I wish I didn't have. And I, I think that I need to go home and rejuvenate and recover and get my, get my love back, get my love back and, and try again next time.